This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. For about the past two years now, there's been an incredible amount of conversation about the possibility of a, another civil war in this country. And you know that I don't like the idea. I don't know why anybody would, really. I don't think it's a good idea. But is it a reality? Why is it being discussed so much? And you know, is it really the right or obligation of people to rise up and uh, take charge against a government that is, what should you say, out of control. I want to talk through that a little bit, and I want to read a little bit from the Declaration of Independence, in case you haven't heard it recently, because it lays it out pretty clearly, at least what people were thinking at that time. And um, we'll see where that conversation leads us. I have a lot of uh, thoughts and feelings on the matter, and I'll try and work through some of that with you. You know, I don't think people, when they d- discuss this kind of thing, whether it's civil war, or the idea of overthrowing a government, even if it, even if it's a peaceful takeover, like a massive overhaul of government, you really got to think about what's involved in that, particularly given the number of people that depend on government at this particular time. And you say, well, maybe it's high time to change that. I agree. But you got to think about how you're going to do that. We'll see how far deep we can get into all that. Some of it, I can tell you, uh, or lessons learned from war fighting, where you're going in and completely disrupting a country with a war, and then you got to put it back together once the fighting uh, stops. How do you do that? All these uh, lessons from history are things that we could talk through from the same perspective. So before I get into all that, there's a couple of things I wanted to, to lead up to or uh, warm up to, to the idea of that conversation, I guess. Uh, I was busy over the weekend working on my deck, adding some skirting, and you probably heard me talking about the landscaping and the the paver landing at the bottom of the steps, and um, I'm running a a new hose bib set up out there, and just really fine-tuning and not really doing much in the way of plantings and so forth, not this year, probably do some of that in the spring, Uh, but that's been my latest project. Well, I'll tell you. You know, from uh, doing, you know, awkward movement and bending in ways, you know what this all leads to. You get tight, you get sore. Well, my wife, uh, it wasn't really a surprise, I shouldn't say, but kind of out of the blue, decided to join the local gym health club. uh, I don't know what you would call it, recreational center. And this is really kind of interesting, this whole story. I want to just tell you about it a second. So when we moved here, this place is literally um, half mile away. Now, we drove down. It's just not the most convenient walk, but you could pretty easily walk there, okay? Certainly ride a bike as easy as you could drive, pretty much. It's that convenient, right around the corner. And this place is just, it's massive. This is not your your regular run-of-the-mill gym or, you know, Planet Fitness or even a Gold's or anything like that. 
I would compare it more to like a a a high end YMCA. You know, it's almost like a water theme park, and you know they have every kind of sports training and. Uh, it's just nuts. Kickboxing, uh, boxing, weights, treadmills, all these different classes, kids stuff, the pool set up, um, the locker rooms and spa set up. And they, you know, you can get massages there and coaching and training and, and hemp seed <laughs> shakes. Right? I mean, it's, it's a pretty cool place. Uh, and let me just back up a second. Like, I've always kind of been a, uh, you know, what would you say, like a gym rat pretty much my whole life, off and on. It's not that I've always stayed in great shape because I definitely have not. But I've, I've always been a, a member of a gym and always attended at least on a semi-regular basis, right? Sometimes more frequently than others I would get into shape or fall out of the shape. But I always, always lifted. I was always lifting. And uh, it was always kind of an important base for me. Well, that was up until about three years ago, I guess. And we moved. We moved here. And when, when we were planning to move, one of the big attractions was this, this fitness and, and recreational place, you know, outdoor pools. I mean, this just really kind of seals the deal on our lifestyle here, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And... Um, when we got here, uh, it's expensive. You know what I mean? It, it, this, these things don't come cheap. And so we moved down here. We were busy moving, and it wasn't just it just wasn't on the top of the agenda to get involved in that. Well, then COVID hit right away. And I got to tell you, this is really funny. I was thinking about it while I was over there. Honest to goodness, after COVID hit, I said, you know, I'll never go back to the gym in my life. And the other thing I said I would never do, I would never go on a cruise again. I have no intentions of going on a cruise right now. But uh, pretty interestingly, uh, to be back in the gym, and I thought about it, and I thought, and looking around, like, the, the, all the, the old uh, hot tubs and, um, and sauna and, and spa and everything is in the, off the locker room. And if you know anything about these gym locker room scenes, they, they tend to be proud pretty heavily by homosexuals. It's just a, it's a fact. Talk to anybody in the gym industry. And um, I've never had any problems or issues. I guess I don't give off a good gay vibe. I don't know. I, and, and I'm not saying it's like a, a pickup fest or I, anything. I've never witnessed anything like that. But you can kind of tell uh, in certain cases, um, get in a sense, I should say. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time in the locker room. In fact, it's a little strange for me to even use the locker room, and I probably won't for that and many other reasons. I just don't particularly care for uh, changing in public places, mainly just for you know, cleanliness and sanitation. I felt that way long before uh, COVID. Well, this visit, uh, I wanted to check out the hot tub. And the, I, what I was doing is, uh, it was just a kind of a good detox for me. It really was. Uh, I went, I went sauna, hot tub, and I would do a, like a cold shower in between 
kind of like a hot, cold therapy. Well, first of all, just to, to, to bring this all together, I, I really enjoyed being over there. My daughter, uh, she was in the pool, the pool thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a beach in there. It's not sand, but it feels like sand, this rubber material or whatever. It's, it's incredible. It really is. The gym, it looks like it'd be a great place to go. Uh, I'll probably do some machines. I got to, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the whole weight thing. I'm just taking it one step at a time. But, you know, here's what I wanted to tell you, too. And I I don't know if maybe you're experiencing anything like this since COVID. I kind of missed the gym and the social aspect of it. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not a social gym guy. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, where I used to live, I lived there a long time. I always went to the gym and it got to be a pain because every time I was there, you know, you run into people, you know, Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. It's going good. Okay. Listen, man, I just want to lift and get the heck out of here. I don't care how you're doing. I don't care that you care how I'm doing. <laughs> I don't really mean that. And I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth right now, because what I'm saying is, um, I found it to be, um, uh, uh, really enjoyable just to kind of be back and around people. So, um, I don't know. I didn't really talk to anybody while I was there. Um, you know, we, we had a good time there as a family, uh, first visit. So here's the other thing I wanted to tell you real quick, cause I didn't really work out. Like I said, I just, uh, first of all, I was doing some sanding and cutting and, and stuff for the deck. And just I had got this nasty. Uh, oh, and then uh, I went over to my buddy's. And uh, he's got a really nice property. Oh, this was phenomenal. I went over there Saturday night. He had a big fire going. And this brush fire had like all this fine ash. It just all got in my nose. I was coughing this stuff up. Um, the, fo- the fox like came 20 feet away, I have a photograph of it. It's incredible. Skinny little fox. The fox, the patterns of the fox around here have really changed. When I was a kid growing up, we, we never saw a fox uh, so close and so brazen. Anyway, from everything going on over the weekend, I was just congested and actually kind of felt like I was getting sick. I think it's because like sand in the back of my throat. So uh, I was in the uh, the steam room in there. They put the eucalyptus in there, and you know it just cleans out your pores. Your skin feels you know more supple, and it just cleans out your whole uh, respiratory system. I don't know if I would do that stuff a whole lot. You know, uh, I know I guess there's people who go in there all the time. It's not really my thing. And the same thing as I'm in there, and like I said, I enjoyed it. But at the same time, I'm like. Is is this what if somebody has COVID in here? Am I going to walk out of here with COVID? Is this safe? Like all the witches are going right back to everything, like steam rooms. Like I can't believe I'm doing this. So then um, I'm in the sauna, just sweating it out, and uh, shower, and then go in the hot tub. Well, remember I was telling you yesterday about the stretching. Uh, the, the hot tub is just really nice for squatting. And I actually had to kind of do it on the on the step or the ledge because if the water's too deep, you're just not really putting any pressure, like kind of buoyant. And uh, but anyway, I was able to to hold that squatting position for a long period of time. And uh, what a great stretch! I highly recommend it. Very therapeutic. 
So I don't know what I'm going to do for the working out. You know, this is my wife's idea. She was looking for something for my daughter that my daughter could enjoy. My daughter's really getting into swimming, which is is makes me happy, and uh, I'm happy to see my wife doing this. So I'm drug into it now too, in a good way. So it's all good. What are you going to do? Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, before I get into the the topic of the day, you got to check out this article from Russian Times here. I put the link in the show notes, which you can get at ChristopherScottShow.com. Appreciate you sharing that around. Um, the vast pro-Ukrainian, quote, bot army designed to influence Western politicians. And they're laying it out here. This is the danger of this with these fake Twitter accounts. How can how can anybody even respect this at this point? They show the data. Go take a look at it. When, you know, I stand with Ukraine, it's trending, and they are altering people's perceptions based on fake information, that these, these fake bots go out, they're fake accounts, that they're programmed to do things to make it look like that, oh, oh, I stand with Ukraine is trending on Twitter. Not really. It's all fake. All digital generated hype. And it's a lie. Why is it allowed to go on? There's a war going on and we have really no idea what's actually going on. You really don't. I don't know how you can. Millions, billions of dollars in in federal money being pumped over there. Nobody has any idea where it's going, what's being done with it. And and Twitter is a piece of it, and it's allowed to go on. Not even allowed to go on. It it, it tells me that it's all uh, complicit, all tied together. All right. Into the topic of the day. Civil war. You want a civil war? Some people, I think they do. It's like they crave it. I do not. I say, what would be the objective? Well, to overthrow the government. Well, then what? you got to have a plan to deal with that. And why does it have to be a, a hostile war? I don't even think it's a good idea. Why wouldn't we just stop paying our taxes? If, if we really wanted to shut down the government, wouldn't that be the way to do it? Just not fire a shot? Why would we want to fight on our own country? It, we'd be no better than Black Lives Matter or Antifa at that point. That we're, that we're going to destroy our own country to prove a point. Uh, I do believe at some point it's going to become necessary to bring a stop to this little charade. Probably sooner than later, but let's hope the cause of uh, good and freedom prevails on some peaceful uh, discourse. Horrible, really, when you look at the things going on in the FBI and the media. Ridiculous. I can't believe we're sitting here discussing it. Blows my mind, actually. It actually takes a little bit for me to keep my head on straight about it. So I got to go sit in the hot tub. and You know, you know. it's funny, since I had the concussion, the throbbing in my head, I'm like heat sensitivity. That's where the cold shower, I had to go back and forth. It was a little bit for me to handle, but it felt good. I like to sweat. It's good for you. You're putting your body under stress. It's good. It's a good thing. keeps you keeps you keeps you hard. Keeps you strong. Strong body, strong mind. That's kind of the the mantra. Good for you all around. So uh, let's go to the Declaration of Independence here because it kind of really answers the question in terms of civil war or not. 
Here's what it says. When in the course of human events becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Behold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Well, there you have it. CNN's not going to tell you that, right? To protect the democracy. What do they know about protecting anything? What do the liberals know about protecting anything? All they do is destroy. We don't need a war, but we do need to take a stand. We don't need to fight with each other. We need to build each other up. We need to build something new based on the foundation that was laid with these documents. We need, we need progress, real tangible progress, meaning affordable food, a secure border, energy that's reliable. We don't have to wake up every day wondering if we're going to be able to buy gas for our cars or be able to afford heat for our homes. What kind of freedom is that? What kind of a freedom is it that, to be banned on social media, shut up, shut down? And sadly, you would think that we could approach our government in a reasonable fashion to say things, for example, such as this. While I'm open-minded and flexible and realize that there's strong opinions, I have strong feelings that I don't want my tax dollars or my health care funds being used to fund abortion. And you would think that a responsible, responsive, and well-meaning government would listen and acknowledge that, to say, yeah, you know, that kind of makes sense. Or a government 
that would say, you know, we really do have an obligation to secure our borders so that our citizens can be safe. Because if we're not safe, what are we paying taxes for? People have lost confidence in the school system. They're putting their children in private schools. And you say, hoorah, good. It is good. And this is where I talk about the opportunity for the future. It's the privatization. There's a real risk in that. Because right now, it's these uh, globalist corporations with their ESG formulas and the way they're moving money. They're wreaking havoc. That's the source of it. If you really wanted to dial into the who's the they, it's the globalist American corporations, American and European, some Middle Eastern, but largely American corporations that are the ones responsible for all this havoc cooperating with government when it's convenient, manipulating government when it's good for them, big pharma, big tech, big auto. Where does it end? Big unions. Where's the, where's the voice of the little guy? Sooner or later, people are going to revolt against it. When people can't afford food, when people can't afford heat, people are going to start to revolt against the system itself, not just the people. It's an interesting time. I don't think that this has to be done violently. I don't think it has to be done by force. I don't know why people speak of a civil war. It's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, Where would the battle lines be? What what would be the military objective? There is none. There's none at all. And it's not the way to do it. The way to do it today is to build a new infrastructure, such as what's being done at Gab and with Rumble and others. You've seen a big awakening in a lot of ways. A lot of people waking up saying, they're looking at Crazy Joe. They're going, this, this, doesn't, this isn't the kind of progress that I had in mind when, when, when Obama was preaching hope and change. That's not what people were thinking. Now, that's my, my deep dive on the State of the Union right now. I have a couple other stories I want to tell you about. And let me move this to the end. I want to talk a little bit about drinking. Well, I forget it if it's there. I probably will. Hey, if you get a chance. Hey, that's strange. Oh, I have two alcohol-related stories. Look at that. I'll have to leave time. I forgot about that one. Okay. Um, Gab. Uh, if you're on Gab, I hope you'll take a look for me. I do spend a little time posting there. It's fun. It's good. Interesting people on Gab. Uh, I hope if you are on Gab, you'll come uh, look for the Christopher Scott Show. The links are on my website and also in the show notes. So, uh, let me mention this. This is, uh, let me see if the name is here, Tate. Tate Speech. No, it doesn't have the name here. I think it's, uh, I forget his first name now, William Tate or something. You guys know who I'm talking about? This guy is a British MMA fighter, and he developed a, uh, he became an influencer. Big following on social media, I think particularly Instagram. And maybe I mentioned this before, but uh, this, this really kind of gives you an indication of what's going on right now in terms of the, this is the media. This is, you can't blame this on Joe Biden. This guy is British. And he got completely banned on social media. They just, all of them, you know, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them. And it's freaky that they act 
in concert like that, right? It's almost become like a its own living organism, AI-controlled, unliving organism, destroying people's lives. Well, so you say, well, what did this guy do that he got banned like that? Like, what was his crime? I mean, well, he must have been like a Trump supporter or uh, an, an, you know, a, a, an insurrectionist. I mean, what, how bad can it be? I mean, what what worse crime is there really to be, you know, banned like that? No, it wasn't. Like, he's not even a political guy, right? He's British for one thing, and he's not a political guy. He said he doesn't really consider himself. Uh, conservative or liberal. He's one of those, you know, more practical, common sense kind of thinkers. Probably doesn't really think about it a whole lot, I'm guessing. But it wasn't anything political that got him banned. No, he didn't say anything nasty. Like, he didn't say anything, you know, anti-Semitic or, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, homos, uh, anti-gay or, um, you know, anything like that. No. Uh, Misogynist, no. Racist, nope, nope. Re- uh, religious, anti-religion of some kind, nope. Wasn't anything like that. Didn't even say anything about drag queens or anything like that. You know what his crime was? Because he encourages young men to be masculine men. To think for themselves, to be strong in mind and body. I think, wow, I do those things. Interesting, right? They banned him for that. That somehow that this is dangerous speech. That, that that men being men, that that's dangerous. Don't you think that's a little freaky? Don't you think that's beyond a little freaky? That that the tech is censoring this guy. I, I find it really fascinating. Now there's other people, um, and maybe they're getting shadow banned. I don't see him as much. What's his name? Um, oh, I've talked about him a few times. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, my son, I bought him one of the guy's programs one time. It's amazing that uh, these voices, what do you, like, unless you're uh, trans or gay or, or uh, what are all these non-binary? I don't know what these things mean. I really don't. Do you, do you understand what all this means? I don't know. Maybe that's what I got to do. Maybe you got to come out as the uh, former Trump-supporting um, white privileged heterosexual male, now non-binary, dark skin. I am really dark right now, by the way. You should see how dark I am. I could easily pass for easily Mediterranean. I think I could pass for Latino. So my head shape isn't really conducive to Latino. I don't think. I guess my blue eyes are a bit of a giveaway. Is that racist to say that? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I look Mexican. What can I could pass for something? I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty dark though. I think I could. I think I, think I could. Re- if I could redesign the podcast, maybe I got to do like that. That um, that black Senate candidate down in Georgia was saying the female saying we need they need infiltrators, Democrats to infiltrate the Republican Party. Maybe that's what I need to do. You know, come out as the the non-binary, trans, gay, half, Latino. I mean, if I if I identify as Latino, can I can I run with that? If it's my truth, hey, it's my truth. <laughs> my truth is that I am a trans, non-binary, 
Mexican, um, I don't know. Uh, I have to research this a little bit more and get back to you with a better description. <laughs> I see myself on – listen, if I came out like that, tell me I wouldn't be on the iTunes top charts. Yeah, I'd be laying it out there. Here, let me give it to you from the liberal perspective. Um, climate change. Here we go. This is from USA Today. They say uh, higher hi- high tides supercharged – by rising sea levels could flood all or parts of an estimated $34 billion worth of real estate along the nation's coasts within just 30 years, a new report concludes. And obviously this is a big lie uh, because we all know that the existential threat is 12 years remaining until it's curtains. So I don't know what this 30 years and 34 billion nonsense is. This problem is a lot bigger than that, and that's why we must act now. We need more investment, meaning more tax dollars. And we don't even need tax. Look, if we can spend a a trillion dollars fighting a war in Ukraine, then we can certainly spend money building a, a green infrastructure here that people can have reliable energy and create good, clean, green jobs. Hmm? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Senator Chris, I can see it coming. I could, it's easy to be a liberal. I mean, it's just, it's just to me, you know, you don't really have to think about it a whole lot. Green is good. Don't overthink it, right? You got this photograph, people here shoveling this dry dirt, wearing sandals, washed out roads. Oh, not that these things haven't been going on since the beginning of time. I don't know. But it's interesting to me, this article, it's more propaganda. The analysis concluded such losses could triple by 2100 in counties connected to the sea, depending on whether the world can rein in warming temperatures. They have no idea. There's nothing to support this. More than 48,000 properties could be entirely below the high tide lines by 2050 mostly in Louisiana, Florida, and Texas. Parishes under pressure, elevation matters, losing land, risky business, inspire, not frightened. Too late for that. I'm scared of climate change. This lie has been going on. Turkey war. Uh, Turkey, Greece warns of another European war could be on the horizon. As, as Turkey hints at the possibility of invading Greece, this to me would be like the battle of the idiots. I don't know what to say. Uh, uh, Greece is completely bankrupt. Turkey's right behind them. Neither of them have anything. Talk about a deviance problem in both countries. Oh, don't, hey, don't shoot the messenger. Check it out for yourself. The things men are doing to each other over there, it's like a giant prison environment. No offense to anybody who's been in prison. It's a little strange, I think. Ask around. You'll see. Um, Did the FBI leak any pictures to the New York Times of their Epstein Island raid? That's all you need to know about what's going on. You know, it really is a telling sign. You know what this is referring to? These leaked photos from Mar-a-Lago. How disturbing is it? That this stuff, it's its like a clear media hit job. I mean, I find it encouraging on one thing because I'm like, there's no case. 
There's absolutely no way that they actually believe that they're moving forward with a real criminal case when they're putting stuff out in the media like that. Like, there couldn't even be a fair trial at this point. That, that's part of the risk of doing that. And so, I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, but it's it, the, the distastefulness of it alone. I had to take a drink of water. I never do that on the podcast. I should have paused it. I remember, uh, like, one of the first podcasts I ever did, I thought it would be uh, funny to, like, to sip a little tea. So I was like, yeah, and then I'll have a little, mmm, ah. And it sounds horrible, doesn't it? It really does. I don't know why. I just had to demonstrate that for you. I listened to it back. I was like, oh, God, don't ever do that again. <laughs> well, it's been five years. Five years, and I brought it back, all right? It'll Maybe in another five years, I'll do it again. Forgive me. Forgive my rudeness. It's really true. Look at the photographs that are leaked out of Mar-a-Lago. How staged it is. Are people really falling for it? You never saw any photos of Epstein's death. We don't even know if the guy really died. Never seen any photographs of Epstein Island. Never seen any leaked photographs of uh, the, the diary. Actually, I think there was. Joe Biden's, uh, was it his daughter or his niece or whatever? How is that, that these things get out of the FBI? What kind of evil, bad actors are in these agencies that are leaking out all this information all the time? Nothing is sacred. They made it uh, nearly impossible to be a conservative. It's no longer a fair fight. Everything's dirty and underhanded. And listen to this. Prince Charles, now King Charles, right? Ten actions we must take to drive the green recovery. This is really concerning. Have you seen any of this? So this is the the new king now jumping on board with the World Economic Forum. Listen to what this says. Let me read some of this to you. Tell me if you understand this gobbledygook. Proactively mobilize investment in sustainable infrastructure with a focus on carving out a global asset class for sustainable project financing to unlock capital currently invested elsewhere. What? What does that mean? Not good. Not what you think it means. Establish functioning global markets for natural cap capital and carbon offsets, enabling rewards for negative emissions by developing new market frameworks. What? Promote the scale-up of emerging technologies that support sustainability and provide them with the advisory support they need to access capital markets more quickly. Listen, I, I could go on and on with this. It's, it's so dystopian, it's not even funny. The Great Reset, this is what they did. They put this disease out there to, to get everybody on their heels, cause a huge economic disruption, and then they shut off the gas. They shut off the oil. And this is the Great Reset. And it's going to create an incredible amount of damage. The new green scam is coming whether you want it or not. And I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Uh, You better get on board with Ocasio-Cortex. At least you negotiate and try and get some solar panels out of the deal. That that whole uh, text, that that, that word salad, I think is what Bongino calls it. Uh, Basically, they're going to take your money, your property, to use it 
to build, quote, green infrastructure. It's going to be very uh, uh, destructive in the process. Let me uh, mention a couple other quick things, and I want to finish with the alcohol stories here before we run out of time. Um, Father killed his daughter. The photographs here are very disturbing. Racism uh, post, the video, I think it's edited. Uh, Black team uh, players or uh, fans from the the white team uh, making monkey sounds in the stands is the allegation. School wouldn't investigate. Um, I think it's fake. I think it's all a big, big lie. And um, I think there's going to be more and more of that. Um, what else here? Uh, the child murder I mentioned. Let me get into this. Uh, oh, China lockdown. Another city of 21 million draconian lockdown. It's crazy. So I want to talk about this alcohol thing. Uh, first of all, uh, did you know that during Prohibition, the, our government actually required that there be poison um, put into the, the alcohol. Uh, it's really crazy uh, on so many fronts. Uh, it's a true story. You can check it out in the show notes. I have it there. But I wanted to share this outside of that that nonsense. Uh, they're talking about Oregon here, and the drinking really went up. Drinking really went up around the country with, uh, with, with, with COVID, uh, but it still remains incredibly high even compared to, uh, compared to pre-COVID levels. Uh, but here's the weird thing. Deaths caused by drinking also rose during the pandemic, spiking 25% in 2020 over the previous year. But the deaths, uh, which have topped 140,000 nationwide, have been rising for decades in every state. Few places have seen a greater uptick than Oregon, where this rate of alcohol-induced deaths grew two and a half times, Right. The drinking-related deaths, I found this to be fascinating. Where is it here? I remember what it says. Uh, I don't have the exact text here. More than from heroin, fentanyl, um, much higher uh, rates uh, of death and destruction related to alcohol even than from the drugs. And maybe there's some combinations of the two going on there. So, listen... Uh, I mentioned this uh, before I talked about, you know, the real problem of drinking isn't drinking too much, it's drinking too fast, and it's drinking too frequently, all right? Uh, I don't think that there's anything wrong with enjoying a little booze once in a while, and quite frankly, uh, I do think for some people that there are some health benefits, that there is a value to being able to unwind a little bit and um, you, you, know, uh, you know, help you fall asleep and things like that or um, help you kind of refocus your mind. Uh, there's people that probably shouldn't drink. Uh, but for people who drink heavily, people who drink very, very frequently, um, I think you really got to be thinking about what are the health implications of that? And what do you do about it, right? This is a challenge. And, uh, you know, there's certain aspects that's just culturally speaking where it's like it's expected. And I was having a conversation about this the other day. I know when I was younger and uh, I was working on a survey crew for an engineering firm. So we were out on job sites and fairly physical job. And it was pretty much customary after work. You went and got a few beers. In fact, we had them in the cooler. And if you tried to say no to that, it was like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to have a beer? You can't have a beer with us? You're too good for us? And uh, yeah, it's just kind of expected in that macho working class culture there. 
as well as other places. Uh, but I'm going to say to you that uh, for you and the people around you, and it's good to set an example, you know, the way you combat all that is take a break and, and encourage people to take breaks, not encourage people to do more of it. We don't talk about these things enough, in my opinion. And quite frankly, uh, I think especially with our children, it's important to talk about what's healthy, what are healthy levels of these things. God willing, I hope to be back tomorrow. I hope to see you there. Make it a great day.